Glow. It's the last uh, week we're going to do Glow. Have you enjoyed this series? Yeah. It's been fun for me. I, it, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, if you weren't here the week, uh, three weeks ago, I believe, where um, the message was Glowing as a House of Grace, um, and it was really a vision about our church and who we're going to be going forward in the future, uh, I, would, I would just really challenge you to download that or get online and listen to it um, and get your hands on it. Because uh, if you listen to that and, it make, and it's not jiving with you, you need to find another church. Because, like, do you, do you agree? I mean, because that's basically uh, where God is leading us. But here, here, if you're visiting with us, the whole idea behind this Glow series came from my childhood. And during my childhood, my parents would send me off to my mom's house, which was in the country. And I, I, lived, in very, I lived in the inner city, and, and it was dark there. It was really dark, and my cousin and I would go at the same time. Sooner or later, one of us would do something, and it made my grandma mad. And she was a, a farmer's wife. She didn't take anything. Like, I've seen her pick up snakes by the tail and snap their head. <laughs> she, seriously. And so, um, I'm not kidding. Multiple times, yeah. And she hit a little snuff. Can I say that? She hit a little snuff in her closet, and, and, and my co- we found it one time. I threw up for like two days. <laughs> That's some bad stuff right there, man. So, but anyway, <laughs> we did. Yeah, we threw up. Um, but the, the idea behind the series was is that she would give us mason jars and she would say, hey, Jason, Timmy, go out in the yard and catch some fireflies. Go out there and catch some lightning bugs. Go put them, and put them in this jar. And... I figured out that if you poke some holes, and by the way, these are real on-demand fireflies. <laughs> Go to bed. Wake up. Raina said she needs one of these so she can say, take out the trash. <laughs> Just put a shot collar on me. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take it out. But we, we realized that when it was, my granddad lived half of his life with no electricity, and so he didn't believe in using electricity unless you had to, right? And so when it was, they would go to bed super early. As soon as it got dark, they were already in bed. And they put us back in this little room, you know, and it smelled funny, you know, because the moisture was probably mold, right? <laughs> now, now that we're a little older, it was probably black mold, to tell you the truth. Um, but it was scary. At seven, eight years old, Josh, it was very scary. And so I learned that if, if I would take those lightning bugs and set them beside the bed, that when I would wake up in the middle of the night scared, not, not remembering where I was, that would remind me where I was and that I was safe. Because it was really dark. And this whole idea of this series was birthed out of helping people feel safe in a dark place. See, because there's a lot of people that are in our community, and maybe some of you even here today, where you, you're, you feel like you're living in a dark place. And the world doesn't need someone to tell them how bad they are. They already know how bad they are. At at the same time, we're called to glow. And I think that if we corporately as a church learn to glow, and personally learn to glow. See, Matthew says it like this, Matthew 5.14. Hopefully you've all memorized this scripture by now. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Say, I am the light of the world. I am a city city. on a hill that cannot be hidden. hidden. So this whole idea of 
safety, refuge, glowing for the world. And so, so today we're going to look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-17. through 17. If you have your Bible, iPad, iPhone, whatever else you guys have. I love hearing those pages turn, though. It's awesome. 1 John 2, 7-17. through 17. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning, this old command in the message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in Him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of His name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him from the, who, who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the Word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Father, help us to get out of this passage today what you would have us take and into this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, glow in truth. 1 John 2, 7-8, Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new, we just read it, a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. It's truth, say that word with me, truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. This, this verse is so encouraging to me, even that John is writing it at this, this point in history. Because it, it really, in the day and time that we live in right now, it's dark. And, and you can get really down and depressed by watching the news. And you can really get in that place of, oh man, you know, uh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and, and we're, we're all going to be defeated and we're this and that. And, and, and you can really, really, and I know a lot of Christians, you, you, I don't even want to be around them. Right? Because the truth of the matter is, the darkness is passing. It's taking a while. The darkness is passing because of what? Truth. So we have to glow in truth. And it says, the truth is seen in Him. Who's that? Come on. Who's that? Okay, so so the truth is seen in Him. But this is the the part that really will slap you right in the butt. It says also, and you. It's not just, it's not just, and so the light of Jesus Christ has to shine in me, and then I am to shine that light of truth. The darkness is passing, and the true light is already shining. I'm I'm challenged by the Word of God, and I'm commanded in this verse to, to let that light shine, to glow in truth, to glow in truth. Now, we're in some interesting times right now. Would you agree? All kinds of stuff. 
all kinds of different laws being changed, all kinds of, and everybody's got their own opinion on every different thing that's going on out there. You, and I've told you, opinions are like noses. Everybody got one and they all stink. Come on, yeah. You guys are slow, but you're worth waiting on. So, so, so in such very interesting times that, that we're living in right now, we have to be challenged to glow in truth. Right? Yeah, we're a house of grace, but we have to glow in truth. And I know I'm being redundant, and I know you probably have some words in your notes if you take notes almost every time I speak to you, but the truth is found in the Word of God. The truth, the darkness is passing, and the true light is already. Jesus has already come. Jesus, the light of the gospel is shining bright for all to see if we will allow that light to shine bright through us. You may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. You may be the only church someone ever has lunch with. You've you got to glow in truth. Well, how do we do that? Well, we have, we have to read our Bible so we know what's true. Right? Yes, we glow, we glow in grace, but we glow in truth. And that truth does not compromise. That truth is just what it is. It's truth. And every hour and every day and every week and every month and every year that passes, I believe, over the rest of the time that Jesus tarries and doesn't come back, it's going to become more important for Christians and the church to know what the Word of God says for themselves. And you can't know unless you read it. If you don't want to read it, listen to it. There's no excuse in our, tech, in our days of technology why you can't get the Word of God in you every day. Every day. And so that's, where, that's, that's how we glow in truth. We glow in truth by knowing the Word of God. So that when, when questions come about of people in our lives that maybe don't know Jesus, and, and we're glowing in that truth. Because the light's already come. The darkness is passing. Qu- quit being so negative. Right? We, we win. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to get ahead of myself. But, but really, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says in John 10.10 10, that He has come to give life and life abundantly. Get fired up about something in your life. Yeah. Right? Quit being mad. Quit being negative. As Christ follows, we, we, should, we should glow in the truth. Glow in the fact that Jesus Christ loved us so much He died for us. Number two. Glowing clarity. This is a fun one. 1 John 2, 9 and 11. Stay on 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Everybody say, ouch. ouch. Say it again. Ouch. Say it like you're at the dentist. Ouch. David, you didn't say it. <laughs> Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Go to verse 10. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. Now go back to the point, Larry, please. We're glowing in clarity. Now watch this. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. So this is telling me that we already know this. Light and darkness cannot be together, right? So, John's saying, listen, if you claim to be in the light, oh, I'm a Christian. 
Oh, I'm walking with the Lord. Oh, but hates his brother is still in the darkness. You're not, you're, not, you're not really walking in the light. You're still in the darkness. Now watch this, and don't miss this. Why is John writing this? John's writing this because he understands the, the significance of forgiveness. He, he understands the significance of what can happen to the person who don't forgive. Darkness. Walking in darkness. And you know, you know what the enemy loves to do in dark places? Dark places become bitter places. Bitter places become hateful places. Hateful places become a stronghold. A stronghold becomes a way of life. And a way of life... I mean, do you, actually, do you know that bitterness and envy and strife can actually affect your health? It, it, it really can. It, it, it can it's, it's medically proven. That, and so, the, the question here is... Are we really glowing in clarity to the world? Are we glowing in clarity to ourselves? Can we see where we're going? Or are we walking in darkness because of unforgiveness? Hate. Anyone who hates his... Do you know that there's churches all across America that hate certain type of people? It's ridiculous. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. And listen, I'm not telling you you have to be best friends with everybody. There's some of you in this room right now that I would not invite to go to lunch together. Like if I was the middle party, because I just know you. And it ain't going to go good. But that, that does mean that you, you, you need to forgive your brothers and sisters. And you don't have to have dinner every weekend. You know, you don't have to. But in your own heart, you need to have forgiven. Let's go to verse 10. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. We're talking about glowing and we're talking about light, but think about it this way. Think about the other term of light. Lightness. Light. See, when you forgive someone, it doesn't make what they did right. It makes you right. And when you do that, I promise you, when you do it on on a habitual basis and, and it becomes a part of your spiritual life you begin to live lighter. You're not carrying that burden anymore. You're not carrying it around. It doesn't, it doesn't keep you up at night. It doesn't make you mad when you see a certain person driving down the road. It doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't, when you go to church, you're not riddled with the fact that the last church you went to didn't do you right. By the way, no church is perfect. Right? Because it's full of people. And pastors. Except for the pastor's wife. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. It wasn't too long ago, we were, we were traveling, and we had stayed at a bunch of places, and I think I woke up in the middle of the night, and I just asked Raina, where are we? Where were we? We were at home by then. <laughs> I did. I completely woke up and had no idea where we were at. I said, where are we? She said, you're at home. I said, okay. That's good. But, but bad things love the dark. What, what's the main bug that loves the darkness? Yeah, come on. Cockroaches. Big old... 
we, we, moved, we moved and bought a farm. And um, it, it was my lifelong dream to move out of the city and buy a farm. And we, and we bought five acres, 3,000 square foot house, and it was surrounded by 25,000 acres, so we didn't have any neighbors. And, um, and so we were there for a little bit, and that season came around, you know, that cockroach season. And Raina, and you know how husbands are when this stuff comes up. Raina's like, hey, Jason, did you, have you been seeing cockroaches? And I'm like, no, totally lying. No, I guess Because, <laughs> you know, you got, if you acknowledge it, you got to deal with it, right? No, no. I think those are uh, water beetles. <laughs> and, and, and I'd come up more, Jason, you need, you need, we're going to have to do something about it. Okay, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And then, you know, a couple of weeks go on. And so, so one night I get up. And I'm, I'm going, I'm thirsty, and so I'm going to go get something to drink out of the refrigerator. And the refrigerator was down the kitchen into this old utility room that they had built for the washer and dryer. And, um, and, and I walk in there, and I, I go to open the refrigerator. I'm not kidding you. No, I didn't have any shoes on. I went to open the refrigerator, and all I heard was... <laughs> so I reached over and hit the light, and man, they were everywhere. They just scattered. Went back up into the refrigerator, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm not telling her this. So I called her. <laughs> I sprayed the next day. But, um, yeah, they, 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 cockroaches are nasty. And one thing about cockroaches is they reproduce very quick, and they love the dark. See, when, when we hold on to grudges and envy and strife and bitterness in our own heart, we give the enemy a place to reproduce unhealthy behavior very quickly. You hear that? Let it go. Live life. Right? Here we go. Let's keep going. Glow in victory. Say, I win. I win. How many of you play Monopoly at your house? See, most married couples don't. It's been banned from my house. We had to get counseling. But... Boardwalk was mine, and you stole it. I'll go to my grave thinking that. First John 2, 12 through 14. Glowing in victory. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of the, His name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Go back to the point, Larry. Glowing in victory. John said, listen, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of whose name? Yes! That's a win. How many of you know what sporting events is today? Raise your hand. How many of you actually going to watch it? How many of you would watch it if America was still playing? Right? I'm going to watch it just because I'm competitive. Like, I just want to see who, who wins. And so I love this whole idea of, I, I, I've told you before, I grew up in, in pretty much inner city Memphis, so there wasn't, any, there wasn't soccer. I guess soccer just wasn't around, which doesn't make any sense because all the third world countries, they, that's all they do is soccer. But everything was, there was no grass. So, anyway, I'm enamored by the, the celebration of the victory, right? I mean, I, I just, I love, and if, if I wasn't afraid, I'd make a fool of myself. I'd run and slide on my knees. Just like, you've seen them do that? They score, and they run and just slide on the, like, yeah! 
awesome. And then, and then they run, they run over to the, they, they always run to their teammates, the guys who don't even get to play. They run over there and they're all jumping and hugging each other. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. And so, but I, I love that idea. And I guess they celebrate so much because they don't hardly ever get to score a goal, unless you're Germany. <laughs> then you get to score as many as you want, evidently. Um, but, but I was thinking about the World Cup. I'm going to watch it because I'm a fan, but I, I know many restaurants that would be full today at 3 o'clock if America was still playing. I know parties that would be going on. Hey, come over, let's watch the World Cup. Because there's a vested interest there. Well, here's what God says to us as humanity. He brought the victory through Jesus Christ. And He did so because His vested interest were you and I. See, He he never stopped watching the game. He never stopped being involved. See, Adam, Adam, if I could put it this way, Adam missed the penalty kick. Adam created the penalty kick. Right? And from the time that Adam blew it to the time that Jesus Christ rose out of that grave, the whole entire time, you read the Bible from cover to cover, you'll see that God's plan went into action to redeem humanity back to Him because His vested interest was in you and I. He loves you so much, He sent His only Son to die for you, glow in victory. Glow in this idea of, you know what? Maybe I don't have it all together. Right? That was a statement. I do not have it all together. I can assure you. And those of you who know me well, no, I don't have it all together. And and some days come where you're like, man, God, why is this happening? Why is this going on in my life? What's going on? But you know what? The most unattractive thing to the world is, people who don't know the Lord, the most unattractive thing to the world is a Christian who professes Christ living in defeat. Downcast. Feeling sorry for themselves. I'm not discounting that we don't go through things. What I'm saying is, is the world needs to see someone that can glow in victory because we've already won. Like we win. Right? I do a lot of funerals and, and um, I, I was talking to Steve or someone else the other day just about different funerals. And, and the, the greatest ones are where you can do a funeral and you know that you know that you know that that person's in heaven, seeing things that we can't comprehend, John says. We can't even comprehend it. And, but one of the greatest fears of people, especially in America, is death. And, and, but look at this scripture that we see in Thessalonians, or 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? See, Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life. He, he was crucified for us. They placed Him in a grave, and He was resurrected out of that grave. So He overcame death so that we could overcome death. He overcame the grave so that we get to overcome the grave. There's no victory in death anymore. Sin brought death. Jesus fixed sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God and restore back to God in a rightful manner so that we don't have to fear death. Death, where's your victory? Where's your sting? Do you know what the hardest funerals to do are those where you walk in and you're like, and I'm no judge. I don't know what decisions people have made. But 
you know, somebody calls you and says, hey, we don't have a church. And then you walk in, and it's obvious that the family's just distraught, and it's rough. It's rough. Very sad, very scared. But I'm telling you right now, we win. You can glow in victory. No matter what you're going through, you can glow in victory. Because we win. Because God had a vested interest in us. So much so that he sent his own son to die for us. Does that make sense? He never quit watching the, the, the game. He never took his eyes off humanity. He didn't. Ever. And he hasn't today. And so whatever you're walking through today, whatever you're going through, know as a child of God, you can get up. My dad used to say, put your big boy pants on. (laughs) Boy, you better get up and put your big boy pants on. And then he would threaten to go get pantyhose. (laughs) He would. My dad called me pantyhose buyers if I was complaining. Yep. He would just call me my brother that. Boy, shut up. (laughs) Can't really do that these days, but. Um, so, anyway, so the idea is knowing that God has already plowed the way for us, right? Glow to the world even when things aren't going right. You also, you also need people in your life that you can, you can cry on their shoulder, you can talk with them, and you can be encouraged, and you can hold each other accountable. And, and then, but you know, you get up and you go in the office space and you've been witnessing to this person forever. It, it, it is our responsibility as Christ followers to glow because we know we've won, right? We have bad days. What you got to do is you got to tone the bad day down, right? We're all going to have bad days. You got to tone them down. You got to reel it back. You got to bring, bring the volume down, right? Just whoo, hang on. This is, this is going nowhere. God, help me to walk in the Spirit. Help me just tone it down. So that the world sees someone, they, they can say, you know what? I want, I want what they have. All right, let, let's keep going. Last thing. Glow with the light of eternity. 1 John 2, 15-17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Okay, I grew up in church, right? This is, this is one of the most ignorantly taught verses in the Bible, I believe. These, I mean, I, I grew up, and if it was fun, it was wrong. Seriously. And these old ladies would teach you in Sunday school, right? They were old. They were wise, but they were old. I can't, I can't help they were old. You guys gave me a hard time that in the first service. They were old. If I said they were young, I would be lying. They were old. No makeup. Old. And, and I can remember being I can remember being in Sunday school. And I can remember, John, I can remember listening to them teach this lesson. And I can remember just being so scared. Because I I knew that I was going to get in trouble from God that afternoon because I was going to have some fun in the world. I just knew. And for so long, it's been like, no, don't love the world. Don't, don't love the world. Don't you love the world? Anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So there's that tendency 
to lock ourselves away from the world, not to have any fun, never go fishing, don't jump off a cliff, don't get on a rope swing, don't go wakeboarding, don't go surfing, because it's fun. And if you do do it too much, it means that you love it. This is, this is the definition of that word love in this passage. Do not be bound to this world or anything in the world. If anyone's bound to the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So here's a question that John's asking right here. Can you enjoy it today and let it go tomorrow? That, that's what it's all about. It's all about recognizing everything that you have came from God. Every material possession, every dollar, every, every relationship, everything that you have came from God. And, and our tendency is, is to say, no, I did that. No, that's mine. You, you keep reading in verse 16, For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. I love being around people who have been super successful and because you can learn a lot from them. But I really love being around those that will say, you know what, none of this is mine. My, my gifts and talents, how God got me through college, how I started this restaurant, how I obtained this boat, how I have this wonderful family, how it's, it's all God's. And if he wants it tomorrow, he can have it. Because it's all his. And I think that is an amazing way to live. Not boasting, not boasting at all in what we've done or what we have. Why? Because the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. If you're taking notes, write, write that one, just write that last one down. Write that, write that scripture down. So, so the idea is not being, be careful what you're tied to. Be careful what you are tied to. i tell you a story. There was a, a caretaker in a prison. And it was a, it was a, a ladies' prison. And he, he, took, he took, he had a crush on one of the women that were in the prison. And and she noticed. And she was in prison for a reason. She was wicked. And so she started flirting back. So they built this relationship. Right? Back and forth. Be careful what you tie yourself to. So they built this relationship back and forth. And she, she went to him one day and she said, Hey, I got a plan. She said, You know how every time someone dies, the, the, they ring the bell? And then you go and you put their body in the box. And then, you know take them out, bury them, whatever. And he goes, yeah, yeah. So their relationship had progressed pretty far. And she said, I got an idea. The next time I hear that bell ring, I'm going to slip out of my, my room. It wasn't maximum. It was just some, they couldn't leave. I'm going to slip out of my room. I'm going to go down to the morgue and I'm, I'm going to crawl in the box with whoever you put in there. I'm going to tie myself to them so whoever picks it up can't really tell there's two two people in there. I'll take a flashlight. Sure enough, about four days later, doom, doom, doom. She slips out. 
goes in, gets in the box. They come in, body on top of her. She, she has a flashlight and some rope. She ties it. And then she hears the, the nails. And she's thinking, not long now. Not long now. I'm going to be scot-free. Because the plan was for him to come out, dig her up, and they were going to go live happily ever after. Be careful what you tie yourself to. So she's getting excited and excited and excited, and she can feel the box getting lowered down and, and, and then the dirt coming on top of it, you know, and, and uh, they had made plans of how she would breathe. You know, there's holes in there where she could breathe. And then everything went quiet. And she said, he'll be here any minute. Any minute. And curiosity got the best of her. She was like, I wonder who it was that passed away. I wonder who it was. So she, she turned the flashlight on. It was the caretaker. Yeah. We have to be really, really careful of what things that we tie ourselves to in this world. Because see, this is not our home. We're just, we're just passing through. We're, we're going to spend eternity in a place that we can't even imagine. And we have to glow with that. We have to glow in the fact that this is not our home. There are so many millions and billions of people across this earth that have no idea. They don't even believe in eternity. They don't believe in a God. They don't believe in a truth. They, don't believe, they, they think that get all you can while you're here. When it's over, it's over. Glow with eternity. Take a chance about telling somebody about Jesus. Now listen, don't go tell someone about Jesus you never met before and shove your Bible down their throat. It's no good. Remember the series Build a Bridge? Why don't you start, ask God to show you in your heart one person that's in your life right now where you can start building a bridge. So at some point they ask you, why, you know, how can you be happy in times like this? Well, number one, because the darkness is passing away because the true light has come. Well, what's the true light? It's Jesus Christ. Well, what's that have to do with anything? Well, my Bible tells me that when I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I'm restored back to God in a right way. And I believe with all my heart, you, you need to tell people this. Do you understand that, that that's what the church is about, right? Tell people who don't know, hey, there is a heaven and there is a hell. That's not real popular these days to preach in church. Jesus talked about hell a bunch. The only thing he talked about more than hell was money. In the, in the New Testament. We're doing the world a huge disservice by shoving it down their throat, but we're doing a more of a disservice by not sharing it with them. The, the world's going to go away, John says here. But eternity, glow with eternity. Glow with the fact that this is not your home. Glow with the fact that you're going to spend eternity with God one day in a place that we cannot even fathom. No more sickness. No more tears. No more darkness. No more teenagers. I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. I love my kids. So here, here's the two tracks that we can look at today. One is... Can you even glow in eternity right now? Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because that's, that's, that's where it starts. See, if you've not accepted Jesus, you're living in, in darkness. But when you say, Jesus, take my life. 
I'm believing, I'm confessing that you're the Messiah. The light of the world inhabits you. And this whole idea of salvation has been made way too complicated. Now, your spiritual journey can get complicated at times. But let me break the salvation issue down for you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, and whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a belief factor. There's a belief factor in salvation. And so, here, here's my question to you today. Are you here and you say, Jason, I've never believed in Christ? I've, I've shelved that question. I, I really haven't. I really haven't. I can't tell you a time where I've confessed in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. They took my death and sin of the cross. They placed him in a grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. And he's in heaven making intercession for me today. And he's coming back for me one day. Look, look at what this says in Thessalonians. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Jesus Christ is alive. We don't serve a dead God. Right? He's not still on the cross. He's alive. And He's in heaven today making intercession for us. And the Bible is very plain that the only way to be made righteous in God's sight is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For we're justified by faith in Jesus, Romans says. We're, we're made right in the eyes of God through what Jesus Christ did for us. So would you bow your head all over this place? If that's you and you're here today, you say, Jason, I, I need to do that. I feel, I feel the Lord knocking on my heart. And really right now, Jason, I can tell you this. I know I'm, I'm not where I need to be with God. I, I need some newness. I need a fresh start. I need God to, to do something. And, and I want to start that process by confessing Jesus Christ as the Messiah. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, all over this place, just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down. I need to know, I see your hand, thank you. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Anyone else? I don't want to miss anyone. Just long enough for me to see it. We'd love to pray with you. If you raised your hand right there where you're sitting, right there where you're sitting, you just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. Father, thank you for, for sending your only son for me. And right now, God, I am confessing in my heart that Jesus Christ is the one true son of God. He's the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. I believe with all my heart that he lived a sinless life. I believe with all my heart he took my death and sin to the cross. I believe with all my heart that they placed him in a grave. And I believe with all my heart he rose from that grave. I believe with all my heart that he's coming back for me one day. So thank you right now by my confession of faith in Jesus that I've been made right in your eyes, God. Forgive me of my sins, Lord, and help me in every way. Help me in every way, Lord, to, to follow your path for my life. If you raised your hand, go by the tent out there. We've got a Bible and devotion for you and somebody that wants to hug your neck. Lord, blessings on all these people today all their families and all the 
the issues and circumstances that this room holds right now. Remind us that you're the God of circumstances and we can glow in those circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.